outline for the rest of the year is going to be, um, we're going to do a series on loving God. Yeah. Like what does it mean to love God? And then we'll do another series on um, how do we love others. And, and, and a lot of it is, like even tonight in the scriptures, there will be some overlap. And then uh, post-camp, we'll talk about making disciples. Okay? So, um, so uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay? For you yourselves know, brothers, <clears throat> that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated um, at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much affliction. So uh, as of last week, we talked about how Paul, Timoth- Paul Timothy, and Silas were um, with the Thessalonians for only about three weeks. Yeah? They had been mistreated before they got there. Um, they started their ministry in that town, in the synagogues, preaching, and the Jews kind of rose up because they were um, they didn't believe what these guys were teaching, that Jesus was the Messiah, you know, that Jesus was, that came back from the dead, like really, Jesus visited Paul. I mean, it doesn't say that Paul was sharing his testimony, but I'm sure someplace in there, Paul was sharing the fact that that the God that he was um, serving by killing the followers, you know, that Jesus came and met him and, you know, I'm sure that had to have come out. But so I love the fact that they open up in this letter the truth about, and, and we, we cannot move on because this is the whole context right here, is that they were being beaten for their belief and trust in the Lord. They are being mistreated for their faith in Jesus Christ, you know. And, and my question to you tonight as we, we're talking about loving God is uh, we all, n- n- none of us want enemies, you know? But have any of you been mistreated because of your faith? Not mistreated just because you look different or you act different or, or you've done something bad and so somebody has done bad to you. That's different. This one, they're actually being loving, caring, kind and preaching the gospel and because of their gospel message, they're being mistreated. You know, like is, is your love for God so present that, you know, like earlier we're praying for Kepa that he would have this opportunity to minister. What if he goes on his trip and people are just like, Kepa, shut up already. You know, stop talking. And you totally, it's a horrible trip, you know, but maybe you have one good conversation. That's kind of how this went with Paul. You know, Paul would go into places and he would leave there having planted faith in people. But more times than not, the, ma- the vast majority of people actually mistreated him than accepted him, you know? Like, yeah, we have these letters about people who actually have faith. You know, they believed in Jesus and we are, uh, and we, um, are encouraged by these letters. But at the same time, there's more, there's more people who didn't receive it then did, you know? But the result was what? That he preached the gospel even more with boldness. Yeah, I love that. Um, Though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much uh, affliction. Good? Okay, uh, verse 3. 
for our appeal does not spring from error. Okay, so we're going to go into the, he's going to kind of list his motive, uh, his, his, uh, uh, the, the, the inside of what is coming out, yeah? So what was the heart and thoughts behind uh, Paul and him sharing the gospel, yeah? Him, Timothy, and Silas sharing the gospel. So verse 3, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. So what did loving God look like for Paul? Well, he wasn't trying to deceive people, yeah? He wasn't preaching error or living a life of impurity, yeah? Uh, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Fourth one, they didn't speak to please man, yeah? They actually spoke to please God, you know? And, and I think that can be real applicable to our lives. How many of us, you know, are trying to please God, trying to please man. Man, I, I think about that all the time, like as a, as, a, as a pastor or when I'm preaching or like this last weekend when I got to share at, um, at Trucker's funeral, you know. Hey, thank you guys for the prayers, man. I know I kind of sent out to the leaders, you know, just to pray. And we talked about it last Monday, you know, that God would really use it to, as an opportunity to turn lives to him. And he really has. I mean, I've even just before service, I was sharing with Denise that, uh, some random guy said, hey, you don't even know me, but I watched your video and like it was the very thing that I needed. You know, I watched the service and, and your little sermon, you know, was the very thing that I needed. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard the numbers, but um, there was there was like there was like there was like 125,000 that watched it live. And then by the next morning, it had been replayed over a million times. That's massive, you know. And and just say, think if, so like uh, one of the boys from Pukalani L came up to me. He's like, hey, you're on TV today on Friday. Little, little, um. No, little Nainoa came up to me. He's like, yeah, I saw you on TV today. Like, they're playing the memorial service at school. No, no, it was on, it was on live, yeah, through Facebook Live or through the, the Hawaii News Now, and the teacher was playing it. So even though there was that many people who played it, like, there, there, there probably was a lot more, you know, that watched it, you know. So anyway, we're talking about the, the fact that, that Paul um, – is is not preaching to please man he's trying to preach to please god yeah he continues verse four uh, but just as um we have been approved by god to be entrusted with the gospel we speak not to please man but to please god who tests our hearts yeah verse five for we uh, never came with words of flattery um, as you know nor with a pretext for greed and god is our witness you know so like i'm thinking like this is what the love of God looks like for them, yeah, that they they um, didn't try to flatter people. They didn't try to use uh, words of eloquence. They weren't greedy, um, nor did they try to receive glory. Yeah, verse six. Nor did we seek glory from people, uh, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. You know, so like their love for God 
came with a certain type of integrity, with a certain type of honesty, with a certain type of purity that was internal. But it showed itself in an external form where they weren't like trying to manipulate these people with God's word. You know, when I think about manipulate people with God's word, I think about the book of Eli, yeah? that the movie where uh, he's uh, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Yeah. yeah, where he's blind, you know, and uh, um, yeah, you know, uh, and, and, the, and the guy's trying to get the Bible from him, you know. Oh, wait, what? Oh, not spoiler. Yeah, to the very end, but that was like 2010 move me or something. Like, if you haven't watched it out, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's blind, okay? He's blind, yes. Um, but the guy was trying to get the Bible, right? The guy was trying to get the Bible in order to use it to control the, the people, yeah? To ultimately probably try to make it so he, he would be God, yeah? Um, but Paul didn't, um, he didn't do that. Silas didn't do it. Timothy didn't do it, yeah? Instead, here, you guys got to listen to this. So verse 7, this is, there's not that many places in the Bible where you will hear language like this, yeah? So verse 7, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you became very dear to us. Let me just read that again. Yeah. Imagine somebody is writing this letter to you. Okay. But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready not we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. So when I read that, yeah, my so I've been reading this and, and listening to it. I almost cringe a little bit because I live in the 21st century and I just feel like all these, I feel like my, my first instinct was I took it negatively. Like I, I hear people who talk about uh, uh, different characters in the Bible on how, oh, these guys were homosexuals and how these guys like, like you think about, look at the language, right? He's like, I was gentle among you like a nursing mother. So what is like, like so very gentle, but the mom's feeding the baby with her breasts, you know? And then he's like, uh, and so being affectionately desirous of you, we didn't only give you the gospel, we wanted to give you ourselves. And we live in such a corrupt time that this kind of language is like, almost like unheard of. Like nobody wants to use that kind of language. But then I'm thinking again, you guys all understand this. When we think about um, pastors that we know, when we think about um, pastors' wives that we know, when we think of um, other friends of ours that we know that we do like camps with and we do trips with, you know, like when we see them, it's like literally a family. You know, on the world side, like somebody who doesn't know the Lord, they can read this and be like, bro, that, that's a little sketchy, no? But for us who are in the family of God, we read this and we can kind of be like, brah, no, I totally get this. I've had some hardcore 
moments in my life where I needed somebody to be affectionately desirous like of me, searching me out, seeking me out because I was running, you know? And they came and chased after me. They came to my house and knocked on my door. They gave me calls early in the morning, late at night, seeking me out because there was a season in my life where I was the one of the 99 that went astray, you know? And so we can read that in a worldly perspective and just be like, ah, I don't know, that's kind of weird. But then every single one of us here, we understand that there, we've had people in our lives that are like that. And the call for us is to be like that. Let our love for God, yeah, not just stay on the surface, you know? Like definitely do everything appropriate, you know? I'm not saying like start making out and all this kind of stuff, like, you know? Like hooking up and, you know, doing things that are done in the secret, in a sketchy way. But I'm saying like in, in the most godliest, truest, purest form, we can have like an intimate relationship that is above reproach, you know, that can be done in the open. And other people can almost be desirous of that relationship. Later on, he's going to talk about uh, in, in, in chapter 4, he's going to say, about brotherly love, I don't have to teach you because you were taught by God how to love one another. I mean, Paul was with them for just three weeks. And in the three-week time, he's like, man, I saw something there that wasn't of this world. And so Paul, in his time there, just really got super close with these guys. There's another week in our year that's less than three weeks where we leave those five days and we're just as close, yeah? We do it two times a year. We have our winter camp and we have our summer camp. In five days, people come in there strangers and leave their best friends. Like what we're reading here, we've experienced, you know? We've experienced, like I've heard it from uh different teenagers who are like, I will die for you, you know, like, man, I'm going to call you every day, like, we're best friends, you know, for life, you know, and I'm like, it's probably not going to last, like, another month, but, you know, but, but just in a, in, a, in a short amount of time, because of the miraculous healing power of God in our lives, we can go from complete strangers that are, like, outcasts in the world to being accepted to being a part of God's family. And I feel like that this is what we're reading in this letter, you know? So we're talking about loving God, yeah? Like, what does it look like? You know, what does our love for God look like? It should look like a, a, a type of relationship with people that's totally pure, totally appropriate, totally above reproach, yeah? That is all glorifying to God, but it's deep, it's, it's like uh, hard to divide. So, so I think about, it's one thing about division, right? So I'm, we've got a few more times, but I don't go too many tangents. But uh, in, in the letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, that church had all kinds of issues, all kinds of issues, like sexual impurity. Uh, they were, they were uh, uh, when they're talking about the communion, like, Rather than just like making it worship, guys were like mopping, like taking extra communion bread, you know, like they had issues. What is the first thing that Paul addresses in that letter? Division. 
He's saying the church shouldn't be divided. You know, rather than divided, here, let's use the church in Thessalonica and use their example. Man, those guys loved like I've never seen before. And, and really, that's our encouragement. Yeah, my encouragement to you guys is that you know the, the relationships that we've formed, you know, over these years of, of camps and, and praying and Monday nights and, you know, even going to the other churches. Like, seriously, what is happening right now with, like, Living Way and, and Kahului Naz and, and Pukanaz and, you know, like Grace Bible, like the connections that we have with each other? Man, that is of God, I'm telling you. Because you can travel all across this world and meet believers that only stay within their denomination, that only stay within inside of their church. I mean, what Paul is saying right here is that they had this love that wasn't just within the four walls, you know. It impacted Paul in such a way where as soon as he left there, he thought about him. He's like, man, I, I got to write you guys. Like, how are they doing? So he sends Timothy back. Timothy, go check on these guys. Make sure they're doing all right. Make sure they haven't been deceived. And Timothy comes back with word before Paul writes this letter and says, Paul, you're never going to guess what's happening. These guys are blowing up. Their faith is so solid in the midst of persecution that uh, their testimony is going throughout the entire land. You know? And, and, and what is going through the entire land? Brotherly love, you know? The fact that these guys are loving Jesus and it's looking like brotherly love. It's looking like people are praying for each other. People who are selling their, their, their items in order to meet the needs of others. Like, the brotherly, like their love for God is like tangible, you know? And, and I hope that that would always be uh, a characteristic of us here. Yeah? Is that our love for God would be like felt that it wouldn't just be in in preaching and it wouldn't just be in singing like no like all those things are a part of it but when all the singing is done and all the preaching is done i hope that our love for god looks like hey uh yeah i need help why you can you can help me out or what bro i'm i got some plans today but i'm gonna show up i'm gonna show up today you know or a phone call like, hey, man, I, I need some prayer. Boom. Yeah, I'm going to stop. Wait, let's pray right now. You know? Just kind of going ab above and beyond what just the, the normal people do. Okay? Um, good? Good stuff? Yeah, great stuff, yeah. Okay, so... Um, I'm just going to read and then get to the end. So verse 9. For you remember, brothers, our labor and our toil. Uh, we work night and day and we might, that we might not be a burden to you uh, while we proclaim to you the gospel. Uh, you are our witness, God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. So five things, yeah. What did their love for God look like? One, work. They weren't lazy. Like, rather than making the people pay for their housing and feed them and, you know, like, I don't know how guys can do that. Like, modern now, now, there's so many Christian speakers that travel the world and, like, they won't show up if the price isn't right. And I don't know how they can sleep at night. 
and I don't, I just don't know. I mean, you're talking big money to show up and preach. Like guys ask me, you know, like, like, oh, you can do this and do that. Like, you know, can you come speak or do my wedding? You know, and like, how much does it cost? And I'm like, cost, like, bruh, if I'll do it for free. Like, I'm not, you know. And and Paul not only did it for free, he worked to support his own self. You know? Like, what did the love of God look like? Paul's love for God looked like not only preaching, but I'm going to work to support myself in order for me to preach God's word, which is like, that's heavy, man. He was holy, yeah? They, or they, were, they were, what is it? They were holy, they were righteous, they were blameless before God and before them. Verse 11, for you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted you, and I love that. So he uses the mother, yeah, nursing the child earlier. And how he uh, related with them. And then when he's talking about when he preached to him and he talked to him, was like a father and a son. You know? He's like, I'm going to teach you because I love you and I care for you. I'm going to teach you what is what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. A lot of people just want to hear what they want to hear, you know? Whereas he came and he actually taught them like, hey, you know, the, the he, we're going to talk about this in, in two weeks from now. But he's talking about the the sexual impurities, you know? He, he brought up the hard issues. He's like, stop sleeping around with prostitutes, you know? Like, that's not of the Lord. Like, he actually went to the hard places rather than just, like, scurry on the surface. Oh, love God, love others. No, your love for God should look like life change. And for them, we talked about last week, they turned from idols. They turned from practices. They turned from behaviors just, you know, because of the gospel that Paul guys preached, that Jesus is real, that God is real, and the lives that we matter, or the lives that we live, it all matters. Amen? So verse 11, For you know, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom. And we also thank God constantly for this, and when you received the word which you heard from us, you accepted it, and I love this. What was their response? Yeah, what was their response? For you received God's word, not like it was coming from man, but that it was actually the word of God. So when Paul guys are preaching, they're like, this isn't Paul, really. I mean, I know this is Paul's words, but this is really Paul speaking on behalf of God. Amen? So, um, Verse 14, for you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from our own countrymen as they did from the Jews uh, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out um, and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us uh, from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but... Wrath has come upon them all. And, and I just want to touch upon that real quick. What did their love of God look like? Or at least for Paul, he understood that his love for God looked like trust. That even when he was mistreated and beaten and persecuted, he understood that the wrath of God, yeah, was going to take care of that. Heavy? Yeah? 
Like I'm at a place right now in my life where when, because I've had a, a few people that were like maliciously out to get me. And then there was like conflict. And then I would see them like a handful of years later and their lives were like totally ravished, like divorced, like lost their job, like, and, and some Christians and some non-Christians, like totally like, like, um, like sickness is on them, you know? And not that I prayed for those things, but like from our conflict to when we, you know, when I actually like saw them again, there was like radical changes that had happened, you know? And so now like when there's people who are like vibing and like out to get me, like I just start praying like, God, be, be merciful, be gracious, like forgive them. Like they don't know what they're doing right now because I, I don't want to see like what Paul is saying, like that there's like the, the wrath of God uh, is coming upon them last. Okay. Um, so last, let's just finish this up and we're done. But since we were torn away from you, right, because they were only there for three weeks and they got persecuted, that they leave. Brothers, for a short time, uh, in person but not in heart, we endeavor more eagerly um, and with great desire to see, your, to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. Um, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory. You are our joy. So let me just read um, uh, some verses for you um, about like the different scriptures in the Bible where it talks about the crown. Okay, so um, James 1.12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast on the trial, for when he stood, he has stood the test, he will receive a crown of life. Yeah? He will receive a, a crown of life. Okay? First uh, Peter 5.4, And when the chief shepherd appears, so Jesus Christ, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Cool? Um, what is another one? Uh, Psalms uh, 103. Uh, talks about that we can have a crown um, of steadfast love and mercy. Uh, uh, Revelation 2.10. Do not fear, uh, for you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Second uh, Timothy four eight, uh, henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved um, His appearing. Um, and last one, I'll go or two, two more, two more, and we're done. Proverbs uh, twelve four, and this is good for me. I like this one. And, and for you guys too. You guys can like this one. Brooke. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who brings shame is like uh, rottenness to his bones. Okay. But I love like. So, so what Paul is saying is. When he stands before God. He's going to boast. About the church. Like his jewels on his crown. The things that you know like. Uh, so, 
Steph has, uh, she loves her ring, yeah? Like, um, especially when, when we had just gotten married and, you know, like people would come, oh, I want to see your ring. Like, it was the shining, like, crystal with the cut and whatever, you know? You know? Yeah, it was just like this diamond of jewel, you know? And people would look at it and just be like, oh, you know, like they would seriously be worshiping it. I'm like, that's an idol. Like, take that thing off, you know? But, but I, I understand it now. When I read these scriptures, it's like a crown without jewels is just the metal. But the glory that that crown gets is because of the jewels. Yeah, because of the diamonds that are on it. And when I, when I think about Paul, he's like, in the end, I'm going to have a crown for sure, and you guys are going to have crowns, but you know the thing that's going to make the crown cool? You guys. Like, I'm going to be psyched to be there, yes, but I'm going to be psyched even more so because the little, like, badges that I have, the things that God's going to be like, Paul, well done, good and faithful servant, is going to be the evidence, like the love that, that Paul has for God look like loving others, which we're going to talk about, you know, in, in the next series. But really, it wasn't, he wasn't just selfish, like he was about others. Like our love for God needs to go beyond just our own actions because there's eternal consequences. You know, we're praying for Kepa on his trip to New Zealand. You know, be praying for him so he can like, rah. Hopefully at least one other person hears the gospel message and comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you know? Because that's going to be your jewel, you know? Like you're going to see him and, and hopefully disciple him and watch him grow in the Lord. And then when he saves somebody, right, you're going to be so proud. Like I'm at a point in my life where I have like tons of jewels already, you know? Like I look at other people and not only are they saved, but they're saving others. And I'm like, shaka, like that's awesome. Like, that's the side that I want to be on. Loving God and, and seeing my love for God look like, you know, love for others. So, um, I'll just wrap this up uh, with a statement that we made last week. Um, we can love God because he first loved us. You know? Like, he's storing up treasures for us. Jesus left us to prepare a place for us. But here, catch this. And this is my, my, my last, last statement. We get crowns with jewels. And those, the crowns are probably of gold. Amen? Pretty cool? Crowns of righteousness. Crowns of, of life. We get crowns of gold because Jesus loved us so much that he took on the crown of thorns. God loved us so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross and he got the crown of thorns so that we could get crowns of gold and jewels. The lives that we live are, uh, or our love for God is a result of God's love for us. It's not the other way. It's not because I love God, God loved me. No, 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 no. It's because, God, it's because God loved us first that we should have no other response than to 
stand up and proclaim his name, you know? So I'll do it here in a small group. I'll do it at Trucker's thing. I'll do it so millions of people can, can watch and hear about Jesus. But I don't care about any of the credit, you know? Because Jesus took on the thorns, man. He took on the, the crown of thorns. I, I owe him my life. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Thanks for everybody who came out. God, I just... Uh, I pray your blessing, Lord. I pray your blessing and your anointing on each person here. I pray that if they aren't feeling it now, God, you would refresh, Lord, and revive um, their awareness of your love for them. Give them revelation, God, about um, the thorns that you took on. And then we get crowns of gold and jewels. Like, it doesn't even seem fair, God. And it's not fair. It's grace. But... Yeah, God, I pray that we would be renewed to love you, God. I pray that today and tomorrow, God, we would love you, God, like we've never loved you before. I just think about the life of, of Trucker and the message, God, of, of Duke's family, that, that tomorrow's not promised, God. I pray we wouldn't let anything hold us up, that we wouldn't hold grudges because we think we have another week to live. We wouldn't hold uh, bitterness towards other people because we think, oh, we're going to live for, you know, so much longer. Man, I pray that we would um, love you, God, as, as passionately as we can, uh, forgiving others, asking you for forgiveness, God, not running from you, but running towards you. Because, you know, our time here is short, man. The future isn't promised. And you're already showing your love for us, so because you love us, God, Pray that we would live a response of love, Lord, to you. And uh, yeah, we praise you for tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.